Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. I've learned through all my projects, and i got a few projects. I'm going to 1 Samuel 17. i got a few projects that I've learned to deal with, and some of you know I started a project with restoring old drum sets, and there have been times I'm working with a drum set, and I'm sanding wood, and I call myself somehow made a mistake. Don't look right. I started one way, and the technique was a little different from the last time, and it's just not looking like a piece of art I wanted to look like. But the Lord has taught me through these projects, stay with it. Everybody say, stay with it. There's times I've just stayed with the project, changed my focus about what the outcome could be with it. I wanted it to be this color, and it just didn't put the, put the stain on it. It just didn't look right anymore. But I did a little research, paused a little minute, got back on the project, and next thing you know, it's looking better than I even imagined the first time. There's times we start something, our lives start looking like what we don't want it to look like. We get discouraged, but I dare you to get back in the game. I'm learning that, I mean, there's one piece that I work with, I made some mistakes on it, but now when I go look back, God makes something that looked like a mistake look like I intended for it to be like that. How do you, and some of you look at it, you say, Pastor Joe, how did you get it to do that? I can't even tell you how I did it. It was a mistake. But God put his grace on it, and that thing looked so good. And I'm trying to encourage some of y'all to get back in the game. What you think is just mess ups and all jacked up. If you get back in the game with God, God will put his glory on your mistakes. And he'll make them things look so good. People be coming to you for advice. And you'll be, and they'll be looking at you like an expert because they're thinking, like, my God, you so perfect. But the truth it is, I'm not perfect. He's perfect. And he's made the things that will be ugly, made it beautiful. Tell somebody he gave me beauty for my ashes. If I'm talking to you, go ahead and give him praise right there. I feel that in Jesus' name. Get back in the game and stay with God. He'll make your life beautiful. I'm telling you, he'll make your life beautiful. And if you stay with it, the enemy try to run you off. I, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said the enemy will try to run you off. Somebody say, I'm God's project. I said the enemy will try to run you off. He'll try to make you dejected. He'll put depression on you. He'll tell you you ain't worth nothing. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't never dealt with the devil. Well, I have. Let me talk. He'll tell you ain't no good. You're low down. You messed up so many times. And you this and you that. And he'll take everything. And even the things you're good at, he'll discourage you so, more, so much. You don't even think you're good at what you're good at anymore. He'll make you feel bad about your skin and how sharp you are he'll take he'll say you ain't this that's why this ain't happening to you because you really ain't good like you think you're good but the truth of the matter is he's trying to talk you out of doing something that's going to work he's trying to talk you out of something he knows you get a hold of yourself get yourself encouraged and get yourself built up he know the thing he's been talking down about let me tell y'all something about what i know about the devil this is what i found out about myself 
Everything the devil told me not to do, that's what I start doing. Everything the devil told me wasn't good, that's what I start paying attention to. Why? Because he wouldn't be telling me it's not good if God was going to bless it. And so you got to know how to flip what he says to you. If he say do this, don't you do that. Do something else. Flip it around on him because I'm telling you, once he start telling me that you ain't this, you ain't that, I start, you know, I was getting sad and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. If you, if the devil, let me tell y'all something I'm about to talk about in a little bit. Some of y'all got to stop taking instructions from the devil. You got to stop taking your destiny from the devil. You got to stop taking your guidance from the devil. He'll jack you up. He talking to you and sometimes he talk to you more in certain seasons than others. He'll talk to you while you're in transition. He'll talk to you while you're discouraged. If you're not careful, you'll start agreeing with him. But somebody is coming out of agreement with the devil today and you about to start walking in your destiny and doing what God told you to do. Clap your hands and praise him. Glory to God. I'm talking to somebody. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Come on. First Samuel 17. I'm in something already. I am. I want to get up and teach. We'll do our offerings later. Everybody online, please don't jump offline before you give. If you want to give, go ahead and give. All right. I'm not worried about taking the offering, but I want to encourage you. All right. Uh, because you're not in the house. We believe this ministry goes beyond just being in person. So we want you to be a giver. All right. In a little bit. I'm not about to do offering right now. I'm about to teach. All right. First Samuel 17. There's something I saw here while I was teaching a few few weeks ago from this text about um, that God has called us to be a champion and God has called us to face this giant. I saw something here and I want to deal with another giant. Tell your neighbor, I see another giant. I see another giant that's getting in the way of our progress and this giant is called pride. I see another giant. I want to read a few scriptures. I want to start at verse 26. Can you put me at verse 26? I'm going to skip the rest of these stories. I'm believing that you already understand that David is in a war um, with Goliath, but he's fighting on behalf of the people of Israel. He has been sent to the battlefield only to carry lunch and some support and some substance to his brothers who's on the battlefield with King Saul. And he's only there to bring forth strength so they can keep fighting. But when he comes upon the scene, he sees people who are supposed to be whipping the devil, scared. They chicken. They just afraid of the enemy. And then when he gets there, he wants to figure out what in the world is going on. I'm over at the father's uh, ranch farm keeping sheep. And I, in my mind, I can imagine David in his mind, my brother's over there putting something on the enemy. I'm over here keeping sheep. I know my brother's in warfare with with Goliath, and I can imagine in his mind, he said, ooh, I bet they tear up Goliath right now. He get there, and the people who are supposed to be representing the kingdom of God are afraid of the fight. Verse 26, and David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Because the reproach was, Goliath had been tempting them and testing them for 40 days. Coming to the children of Israel every morning and telling them, bring me a champion. Bring somebody. Let me make it just home. Bring it home. Bring me somebody out of the church who done won something. Where your champions at? Bring me somebody out of the church who got a testimony. For 40 days, he was coming to Israel asking them for a champion. 
And I could believe every day they came, they was like, you a champion? You a champion? No, I ain't no champion. You a champion? Every day, everybody was passing the buck. No one was standing up to the fight. No one was standing up to the challenge. And Goliath came every day, testing Israel, saying, bring me a champion. Who, and for, this is verse 26, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? This is David. That he should defy the armies of the living God. Who is this talking to the people of God? And nobody has a proper response that God is on our side. 27, and the people answering him, after this man is saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. They're telling him what's going to happen for the man who killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the man. So his brother heard him talking to the man, heard David. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He got stirred up. And he said, why camest thou down hither? With whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Listen to this. I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? This is where I begin to get my subject from. I see another giant. Because right in the midst of why he's trying to deal with Goliath, we see a giant of pride. And Elab has the nerve to say it's David the one that's full of pride. Now Elab and the rest of the brothers are chicken hearted. They ain't fought Goliath no day. David goes to uh, spring lunch and the worst thing he sees is the people of God afraid to fight the enemy. Allowing the enemy to say all types of slander against them. Don't you understand? Until you confront the enemy of your destiny, it makes God look bad. Don't you understand? Until you confront the enemy that's been taunting you, that God's name is on you. Until you rise up and stand on your feet, that God's name look bad. Until you win that victory. Until you overcome that struggle. Don't you understand that the reputation of God is on you as a believer? Until you stand on your feet. Elab is a part of the rest of the camp who has done nothing for 40 days. David come wondering, what's going on? And he has the nerve to say, you just come out here to show off, see the battle, and you notice the enemy talking. You know how I say the voice of the enemy? Because he belittles David. He said, you need to be out there with your few sheep. What you doing over here with the big boys? You can't handle this. See, that's how the enemy through the talk you out of your victory. You too small. God don't love you. God don't really care for you. He said, what you doing out here? With the, you supposed to be keeping your few sheep. And then he says, I know thy pride. He full of pride telling David, I know thy pride. That naughtiness of heart. Let me tell you something. You got to learn how to get through pride. You also got to learn how to get through jealousy. Strife. And false accusation. He, you got to know who you are. He tells David, David, 
he, this is what he basically says, David, leave the battlefield. Some of y'all leave battles because somebody jealous of you. Now, some of y'all got the wrong mindset, and it's dangerous. Jealousy is a dangerous thing. That's one thing you really don't want to mess with. Now, some of y'all think jealousy is cool, and you like to have people jealous of you. You know, it makes you feel good because people are jealous of you, but jealousy is dangerous. People hunt you down, take your life over jealousy. You don't want anyone jealous of you. You don't want nobody jealous of who you are and what you've accomplished. Come on. You just look him in the face and tell him, you go to work like I go to work, you can have it too. If you hold on like I hold on, you can have it too. If you do right like I do right, no sense of being jealous of me. Just if you wait on your season like I waited on my season, you can have your too. Ain't no sense of being jealous. That's why it's important that when God bless you, you be authentic, you be honest, and stop acting like God blessed you because you always done right and dotted every I and crossed every T. You need to tell your real testimony. That's what's wrong with the church today. We got a bunch of people who jump and dance, but they don't tell real testimonies. They don't tell testimonies that they struggled two years before they got it right. They don't tell real testimony that they struggled five years before they got it right. And the church can never understand the vulnerability of what it is to overcome because we got a lot of people who dance and shout but never testify. I want to know what are you dancing for? Have you won anything? We well, yeah, like, you know, we've been perfect all our days, but we don't have the, the opposite side of what God calls for. The enemy wants pride, but God calls for humility. And we need people to be honest about this walk in the Lord. I ain't going to tell my testimony. I ain't going to mess with it tonight. I got up as a young Christian on testimony service on a Friday night. I'm going to tell it. On a Friday night. I'm going to tell it. Got up. I thought I could testify. And I did. My pastor was good to testify. But we had a few mean church mothers. Hallelujah. Not in this house. We're good in this church. Clap your hands. We got people who walk in righteousness and truth. But, but I was in a church with a few mean church mothers. When I say mean, mean. What I call they were holiness patrol. They were holiness. But I ain't just talking about raising standards. But I'm talking about raising standards without no grace. Without no mercy. Without no compassion. Just mean. And I got up talking about how I had a struggling week. I was just suffering and I went through all things. But at the end of it, I said, but the blood of Jesus and God's grace is for me. I'm just eight, 19, 18 years old, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, learning how to walk through life and learn how to please God at my young age. And here comes somebody 60 plus years old, get up right after I testified and sung a song. We gonna know who's living holy after a while. <laughs> Show did. <laughs> and because I was the drummer, I had to play to the song. I said, the devil is a lie. I started not to play. I started to go on strike. How you going to sing that song after my testimony? But there are some people in the pew that just as mean if you ain't careful. They ain't telling you nothing that God done brought them through. God done had to carry them through before they got there. Before you got that strong. How many times did you fall? Before you got yourself together. How many times did you hit? Before you hit a home run. How many times did you strike out? We need some humanity in the house of the Lord. We need some humility in the house of the Lord. Again, hear me clearly. I'm not talking about people without standards. 
We're not talking about people who just, you know, anything goes. Come on now. We're talking about people who understand how to help people get on their feet. Come on now. How many, how many, how many parents decided that your child was going to learn how to ride a bike and you just put them on the bike without any training wheels and you just said, all right, you ready? And just push them and say, go, paddle boy, paddle. And he don't know how to keep his balance. And the next thing he get bruised all up. And then the parent pick him up and say, what's wrong with you? You got feet. You don't know how to pedal. You got, well, you can't, you, you don't know how to, you, you, now watch me. Now watch me. You get on the bike and you start riding. See, son? No, you got to understand. He hadn't learned how to b- ride that bike yet. He hadn't learned how to do no Papa Willis. He hadn't learned how to do no hook slides just yet. He needs some training. Come on, somebody. We need training to help people grow into their destiny and grow into their spiritual strength. We can't have a church with standards but no mercy. The Bible even says in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech, I beseech you therefore by the mercy of God. For I know what's coming next, but before he talked about presenting your body holy, he said you can't do it without mercy. We need mercy in the house. We need humility in the house. So don't think I'm calling for a house of compromise because we can't have that either. Don't call, I ain't calling for no house with no standards in it. But we need a bridge. It's called mercy. We need a bridge. It's called grace that gives us humility to stand. The enemy wants you to walk in pride, but God wants you to walk in humility. I'm here. I got plenty of things to go. Hold tight. And he turned from him, verse 30, he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. I like that. David didn't spend much time talking to his jealous, strife, false accusation brother. He ain't going to ever get either. Lord help him. Lord, David like, Lord help him. David turned from him toward another and spake the same manner. And people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they released them before Saul, and he sent for them. Verse 32, and David said to Saul, excuse me, rehearse, okay. And when the words which were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul. And he sent for him. So David, Saul heard about David. He said, oh, that's, that's what David think he can do. Go ahead, bring David here. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go fight with this Philistine. So I want you to understand that cowards have pride and arrogance. If you're afraid to step up something and the spirit of timidity and of being a coward jumps on you, it's because pride is working through your heart. If you're afraid to address something, it's because pride and arrogance many times are in, is involved in it. When you lose pride, boldness comes. See, don't get confused about humility and meekness. The word meekness actually means strength under control. So some of y'all be messing around, messing with people who are meek, and you're about to get beat down. And because they're meek, you think they're weak. And meekness is not weakness. It's strength under control. It's a water hose with a gauge on it. They get to decide how much pressure they want to use for the situation. Don't you doubt their strength when they meet. You better be careful. Some of y'all, you know, you see, I grew up in the hood. Y'all got to pray for me. 
these bullies be messing around. I done seen bullies mess around with people who are meek. Messing around with somebody. I ought to pray for me. I done seen a whole lot of stuff. God done helped me. I done seen bullies poking people in the head while they walking home. And he say, man, look, man. I don't want to deal with you. Go on. Poking them in the head. Next round, that person done turned around. And it happened so fast, we don't know what happened. It was like a walla walla how many watched Batman? Boom, shabam, call a boomza, chabayas. Y'all watch Batman? Wow, And we found out the one who was meek been in karate class for 10 years. He was strength under control. And when that enemy came, wah, 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 wah. See what I'm saying? So don't mess around with people who got humility thinking they weak somebody. That's what bullies do. And they mess around and get embarrassed because they picking on people who got humility. And they think that meekness is weakness. David is here. He's strength under control. He's even dealing with the accusations. Notice that David doesn't leave the battlefield because somebody don't want him there. See, you got to get built up in your spirit soul because the enemy will try to run you off from your victory, run you off from your time. People at work, demons show up at your job, try to antagonize you, try to ride your back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't experience warfare at work. Hallelujah. I don't told that devil. Now, if you're going to try something here, you better be good because I'm going to take you for a ride. I got to pray for your pastor. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all go to work and you get in your flesh and y'all don't know how to get in your spirit. So the Holy Spirit told me, you ain't got to cuss. Be, y'all be thinking y'all got to cuss to get people straight. You, you don't get great victories from your flesh. The Bible said the word of God is a two-edged sword. I'm telling you, man, I've learned how to fight in the spirit. Y'all get in your flesh and then you got to repent. You got to learn how to fight without having to repent all the time. So y'all be calling y'all, I showed them, but you cussed them out in three different languages. And now you need prayer because you done messed up the witness of Christ. You got to learn how to fight in the spirit. You got to how to learn fight with some wisdom and stop cussing everybody out every time you get mad. Because every time you cuss them out, they say, look at them. Well, they thought they was Christian. And then you be singing songs like, uh, try Jesus, but don't try me. And then you start singing these songs and stuff like that. I don't even listen to that one song. Y'all know, y'all, y'all know that song. I don't even listen to it. It's a, be- it's a beautiful song with a beautiful beat. Try Jesus, don't try me. Because I throw hands. I don't even listen to that song. That song do something to me. I don't even listen to it. I don't even listen to that song. I love it. It got great music, great beats. Some of y'all don't know it. Don't go look it up. Don't, don't bother with it. It will, it will turn you upside down. I mean, you go to work tomorrow. I'm tired of y'all. I don't put up. I'm telling you, you go to work tomorrow. We'll be praying for you for another job. Don't listen to that song. I'm telling you, that song mess you up. I don't even listen to that song. It made that thing do something for me. Cause I'll be walking around trying to don't try me. I don't hear. Hey, shut up. Get out of my ear. Y'all about to hear me. Y'all about to learn to fight in the spirit. All right. But David doesn't walk off because somebody is trying to taunt him. Some of y'all got to learn to hold your ground in the spirit realm. 
and don't let this giant of pride run you off so cowards have pride and arrogance but champions have confidence when you have confidence you cannot walk in pride but the enemy tries to seduce you to be a coward so you can walk in pride look at verse 48 and it came to pass when the philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet david David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I got a lot here. Y'all going to hold tight. Maybe I'll do it. We'll see. We'll see what the Holy Spirit says. David drew, his, drew nigh and meet, uh, came and drew nigh to meet David, the Philistine. And David hastened. Look at the David's behavior. David saw the Philistine coming close to him. David ran faster. I'm trying to get some boldness to build up in your spirits about these things we got to fight this enemy. Stop dragging your feet. Some things you need to confront. Stop dragging your feet. Get it done. Stop lingering this thing. This war could have been over two days ago, but it only lasted five months because you're dragging your feet. You could have faced the warfare, dealt with what you got to deal with, right? And you could be on the other side of victory because you're dragging your feet. Something that was supposed to last two days has lasted two years. David hastens his feet, ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in the bag, he had a shepherd's bag, took this a stone and he slang it with a slingshot. Smote the Philistine in the forehead, that stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Powerful. Skillful. Look how skillful he is. One rock, had five, took one. Skillful. Tell somebody, I'm skillful in warfare. I'm skillful. I'm skillful. I want to. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Now I'm about to make transition here. You got to hold close. What's happening here? Remember when David comes on the scene. Saul says, man, you little guy, you can't feed, defeat, uh, defeat David, defeat Goliath with a slingshot. Put on my armor. Take my sword. David says, no, I'm not going to go into this battle using something I'm not accustomed to. He says, so I'm going to use a slingshot where God has given me victory, and he does so, and it works. Right? But notice what happens right here. There's a transition that's happening in David's life from moving from victories with a slingshot to now move into victories with the sword. All right? Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And that's a power statement. It's a power verse. David recognized the only way I'm not going to see this enemy anymore is not through my slingshot. There has to be a transition from just slinging the word of God to actually being able to handle the word of God in your hand and go up into the enemy's camp and pierce the enemy. It's a different type of warfare. Slingshot is good. It was effective, but you can beat that. You, that's an enemy that you knock down long distance. But if you don't want to see this enemy ever again, you're going to have to learn to use the sword. 
Although David used the slingshot here, David is shifting from just being a shepherd to now being a king. And kings have to learn how to use the sword. Because he knows the only way you get respect from the enemy is when you cut off his head. And you bring back his head. It represents this enemy can't reign again anymore in my life. And I'm telling you there's a transition in many of our lives that we're coming from the slingshot to the sword. Where we can handle the sword which is the word of God. Oh, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to really have real victory that God wants you to have, I'm about to say it, you're about to hear it, you're going to have to learn your word. You're going to have to learn the Bible. Come on. You're going to have to learn some scriptures. Time out. Enough is enough. We don't, we, enough is enough. I already said it. We only got a few people in the church who know the word of God. See, the church can't get strong to everyone in the pew know the word as well. You know why churches get led astray by arrogant pastors, pastors full of conceitedness, full of their flesh. You know why they get led away? Because they don't know the word. You can't get led away when you know the word. Come on, I can preach something crazy up in here. And you'll say, man, he wasn't nowhere in the Bible today. He wasn't nowhere in the spirit. Why? Because you know the word. But if you don't know the word, you can be led any type of way. It's time for the body to know the word. And too long have certain preachers and people of God want you to be malnutrition, naked sheep. You ain't got no clothes on. You look anorexic. You look like you ain't been fed. You don't know no word. But no real pastor of God won't know sheep that don't know no word. I want to start saying a few scriptures and before I finish them, you finish them for me. It's time for you to know the word, brother. You ain't got to be no deacon to know the word. You ain't got to be no missionary to know the word. If you a saved, blood-bought believer, it's time for you to know how to swing the sword. It's time for you to be able to handle the word of God. It's hard for a church to go astray when the people know the word as well. But when you have a church where just a pastor know the word and like I said, two deacons and an older mother, amen, that church is really at risk. I say that church is really vulnerable and at risk. Even our church had a little test a while ago. Somebody came up in and tried to start some confusion, started some lies about the altar call and all that kind of foolishness. It was an easy test. I was like, that's the kind of test the devil got. Get out of here in Jesus' name. About four or five people had picked up the spirit, what was going on in the midst of the situation, and it wasn't nothing to deal with. But the real warfare was really about, can we handle each other? It wasn't about what the enemy tried to do. It's if you believe what the enemy was trying to do. The enemy tried to bring discord between the leaders, said the leaders, the person lied and tried to say that somebody was talking about about them and all that kind of stuff when they left the church and all this kind of foolishness. They were saying, Minister Jermaine answered the phone. He answered the call. And while he was answering the call, I was telling them who it was and who the person was. And God already revealed the spirit to me. And I was like, devil, that ain't the real test. The real test, if we believe what the enemy say, and now we start devouring one another. We don't have love, brotherly love, one to another. Instead of praying for your brother and praying for your sister, you run in your mouth and gossiping about your brother and your sister. That's the warfare. Yeah, because he understands that if he can't really infiltrate us through one way, he'll use us against each other. Mm -hmm. And I say, yeah, devil, you're going to have to be smarter than that. You ain't coming up here to destroy what we got going on. We done fasted and prayed for this. We believe in God for this. Hallelujah. I don't want him to go to no church and cause no havoc, but he can't come here. 
I said, I don't know where he gonna go, but you just can't come here. I ain't having it. Come on. We'll fast before he take this church out. We'll go on a 30 day before he take us out. We will have the glory. We will have the word. We will have the anointing. We will. Yes, we will. I will not come up in here and be dry and stale and devils running all over our lives and you ain't having no victory. The devil is alive. We will. Somebody said we will have victory. So David uses a sword and he cut off his head. And notice when the Philistine saw that their champion was dead, what did they do? They fled. They, fled. they said, we out of here because we can't fight. And we've been hiding behind Goliath all these years. So many times when you tear down the strong man and the stronghold, you get so much victory after that because he was blocking up everything. And time they fought Goliath, they moved out of the way and ran back to their camps and they didn't want to deal with um, uh, David and the people of God. I'm trying to show you that two things are happening here. One, there's an enemy that's being detected, which is called pride. Everybody say pride. pride. Go to Genesis 3. Let me show you something about pride. Just hang with me. I got to get you some word in your spirit. There's times in our church, God will just have us uh, just float in the anointing, get filled up in the spirit. But today, I got to put some word in you. All right. So there's times we'll get more word, less worship. Sometimes we'll get a lot of worship and a lot of word. All right. So you got to be able to hang with us. All right. We'll get out good time. I understand y'all. Some of y'all got your crop pots on. I understand that. Amen. I don't like going to truth gathers. They're not sensitive to my crock pot. That pastor be up a long time. We're going to get you some word. Come on. Genesis 3. I want you to, I want you to see verse 1. I got to teach about the spirit of pride. Now, serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. The serpent was more subtle. And he said to the woman, Yea, Hath God said, ye should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, ye may eat of the fruit of the trees of the, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. You're not going to die. First thing I want to show you with this subtleness, the serpent is coming to see if he can find strong self-ambition. The serpent is trying to find out, is there a room in Adam and Eve's mind and heart that they don't believe what God has told them? And is there still something in their heart that they feel like they got to make everything happen for themselves. So we come to test them. And let me just put out one glaring problem I have already that I want you all to be aware of. We got to stop talking to the enemy. The main aspect that's happening here, that's problem number one, is Eve is talking to the serpent. So when the devil starts talking to your mind, you got to say, loose here, devil. Shut up in Jesus' name. Hush your mouth. When the enemy starts talking to your mind, 
You got to stop getting into these long dialogues with your enemy. Part of our challenge and why we get seduced by the enemy is because we talk to him too much. We get in conversations with him. This is the first problem that Eve and, and then Adam's going to have. He's going to be joined into it. For everybody who be just want to beat up on Eve, you're going to see Adam join up in there. Uh, what's going on? Uh. <laughs> the serpent was subtle. He was sneaky. He was crafted. Crafted, he comes with a conversation telling her to tell her what she can eat and what she can't eat. Woman said to the serpent, hey, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you should not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest he die. He says, you're not surely die. Let me tell you somebody in me that you need to understand, he's a liar. He's subtle. He's tricky. So he's telling you, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. He says, you can do this. This is how the devil get us. You can do this. Ain't going to be that much cost. It ain't going to cost you that much. It's okay. Dab a little, try a little, do a little bit of this. You can handle it. You ain't gonna die. You ain't gonna lose much from this. Go ahead and do a little bit of sin in here. Go ahead and do a little. You ain't gonna do nothing. And he pull you in. Cause, and, 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 and how many know the enemy make you think you can always slip in and slip out? Oh, y'all ain't never sinned, huh? Y'all ain't never sinned, huh? Y'all ain't never been beguiled, huh? He'll make you think you can slip in and slip out. Well, he makes you think that you are skillful and slipping in and slipping out. And that's how the enemy gets you good and you think you're getting Grammy Awards and getting trophies for how slick you are. And how you got a skill set. And you are good at being sneaky. And you know how to craft it and know how to do it. And the enemy has trapped your mindset and on how to slip in and slip out. Say, so you're not surely going to die. He the father of lies. He the author of confusion. He's causing dis disobedience. He's causing them to fail their assignment. Verse, verse 5, for God doth know, this is what the devil talking about. God doth know in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, the devil is known for telling partial truths. Part of what he's saying is true. Your eyes shall be open. That is true. But he tempts her with the self-ambition and said, but ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, there's something God is hiding from you. You'll be more powerful if you did this. And he makes her think she missing something. See, that's how the devil get us in the sin and situations. He think we missing something. You'd be better if you did this. You think you better. I'm tired of my life. Dude. I'm tired of my life. I'm tired. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, he appealed to her eyesight. He appealed to her eyesight. Now he is peeling through what we call the lust of the flesh. Now he's getting her eyes involved. First he did with her hearing, told her something wasn't true. Now he's dealing with her eyes. Dealing with the eyes. Tell someone, you better learn to close your eyes. They will try to show you something. I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. Nope. 
I know y'all be acting like y'all so strong. I don't know what's wrong with these folks. But talking about nothing don't bother me. Nothing don't bother me. And, then, and sometimes it be the Christians who barely go on a fast with God. Barely fast and be the first one to my nothing don't bother me. Well, I was just wondering who you are. Well, I'm saved, love the Lord, love my wife, but things still bother me. I said things still bother me. I have to close my eyes. I have to run away sometimes. What's wrong? What's wrong with y'all? Nothing don't ever bother you. Nothing don't bother me. It bothered me. Say what you want to say. Well, pastor, you weak. Say what you want to say. Joseph had to run. You better learn how Joseph, Joseph left his coat. Joseph went up in the Potiphar's house. This woman was talking about, come lie with me. Come lie with me. Every day, come lie with me. Come lie with me. He's like, no, girl, gone. No, girl, no. Gone now. Gone, girl. No, come lie with me. Come. You so fine, Joseph. Come lie with me. No, no. All of a sudden, she grabbed Joseph's coat. Joseph got out of there, went away, and ran. Ah! See, and you too busy trying to be cute. You better learn how to run. You better learn how to get out of town. You better how to learn how to run from temptation. Joseph ran, lost, left his coat. I don't care. She can have my coat, but she can't have my soul. She can have my coat, but she can't have my destiny. Some of y'all trying to be bad. Trying to show that you are right. You better get out of that situation. Like you can't be tempted. You can't be seduced. You can't be brought into that kind of situation. What's wrong with you guys? I don't know what's wrong with these people that God be acting like stuff don't bother you. I don't even understand how you can watch all these movies and all these kind of stuff and all this demonic stuff going on up and stuff. And you think you ain't messed up. That's stuff. some of the reasons why some of us jacked up and got problems and issues. I'm being straight today because some of the stuff we intake, it's just like you think you can eat poison and it not affect you. You know what I'm saying? You can eat poison. I'm fine. No, you die. All this stuff coming across the TV, all this wicked stuff coming across our children. Can't even watch a cartoon while two men kissing each other, two women. I ain't saying nothing. You better watch these cartoons. What's wrong with y'all? And wonder why children be confused so early. They're supposed to be walking in innocence, and now they're five years old talking about they don't know what they want to be. You ain't need to be worried about what you need want to be. Say your ABCs. Go out there and play kickball. Come on. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Worrying about what you gonna be. You can't even pay nobody rent talking about being in a relationship. We don't understand where these thoughts come from. It's come through these TVs and come through all this stuff. Y'all ain't saying nothing. This warfare that we're dealing with and we be talking about ain't nothing on bother you. They don't bother them. We act like we're not seduced and tempted by all this stuff going on. I tell you, there's certain things I just can't watch. I'll be watching stuff. And y'all can say what you want to say. Pastor, you just deep. I'd rather be deep than shallow. You can say what you want to say. You can, you can be grown at the beach all the time with a kitty pail, picking sand and putting seashells inside the basket all you want. I'm grown. I can swim out into the ocean if I want to. I ain't got to sit around the shore. You can call me deep all you want to. I don't care. 
There's certain things I'm watching. My spirit be all cutting up. My spirit man, my inner man, my inner man, my spirit is an inner man. My inner man be saying, mm, and sometimes I don't even understand the subliminal message that be coming in, but the Holy Spirit be in there. Warfare, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit be putting up a guard inside me. And I don't even know what's going on. I stop paying attention to what's really happening. I be like, oh, Lucia, Shata Tobo, Shita See, y'all so worried about being deep, but you're losing battles. You're so worried about being deep, but you're doing warfare. And I'd rather have a season where I ain't got to do all this warfare. I'm trying to get... I'm trying to tell y'all, and like y'all can't be seduced. Enemy come right in and take your family out. You don't know what's going on with your children. Come right in and next thing you know you're dealing with all kind of mentalities and stuff because if we're not paying attention to this enemy. He's subtle. He's subtle. He is subtle. And he's a liar. Told her she wasn't going to die. In a few minutes after we read this thing, they about to die. They about to die spiritually. And he was right. They about to see. Their eyes going to come open. I'm moving forward. Their eyes going to come open. All of a sudden, y'all remember in the book of Genesis when, when God brought Eve to Adam? Y'all remember that? When God brought Eve to Adam? He was in a deep sleep. The first surgery. He woke up from that deep sleep. God done took the rib and fashioned a wife. And he brought Eve to, to Adam. Adam said, you are bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. That boy started preaching. God didn't tell Eve he was bone of her bone. God didn't tell Eve. Adam said it to Eve. God didn't say they. God didn't look at Eve. He bone of your bone. Flesh of your flesh. Adam looked at her and said, you me. Girl, you me. Mm. You just me with a wound. Mm. Cock doggy. Flesh of my flesh. Then he went to the scripture and said, For this cause shall a man leave mother and father. He went to preach. He said, Oh, God. He got excited and clean to his wife. That's what he said. But after they done ate that befit, befit, fit, forbidden fruit, after they done been seduced by the enemy, he looked at Eve and said, God said, God said, Adam, where art thou? He said, It's the woman you gave me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, two, a chapter ago, she was bone of your bone. A chapter ago, she was flesh of your flesh. A chapter ago, you just preached for this cause. This, thing, this girl's so good for this cause. I can't wait to leave my mama and my daddy. But after his eyes came open, what was once pure is now perverted. He looked at Eve like, man, she ain't good for my destiny. He's, in other words, he goes back to the Genesis 2, the first part when it says, and, and God, it wasn't good for man to be alone. He go back to that conversation with God. He said, God, is this woman you gave me. In other words, God, I was fine by myself till you put me to sleep and brought this woman out. I was good. I was good. But it's you who brought this woman. Now he hiding from God. Let me tell you, yeah, his eyes was open. He no longer saw things righteously. He no longer saw things purified. 
And I'm telling you, the enemy will start seducing you out of your family. He'll start seducing you out of your assignment. He'll start seducing you out of your righteousness. And you see things different. And now it is true. It is true. I don't feel the same way. Of course you don't. Because you don't take another forbidden fruit. I don't feel the same way. Of course you don't. Because you've been in the wrong places at the wrong time. It'll change your appetite. So of course you don't feel the same way. Because you done been bent by the forbidden fruit. You done taken on the poison of the enemy. So you are right. You've been in conversation with the enemy. Y'all get me? Oh, don't back up. Let God deliver us today. Don't back up. Don't back up. He played with her eyes, seduced her. Now he calls all the eyes. Verse 7. The eyes of them were both open. True. And they knew they were naked. They were already naked. But it was no problem looking at each other naked because they saw nothing but holiness and purity. Now he looking at one another and she's like, one of your toes bigger than the other. Look at your toes. Look at your feet. Look at your kneecaps. Your kneecap dog. Now, and she's like, look at you. You got small shoulders. I want a man with big shoulders. Now she's busy looking at the imperfections of a person. He was the same person. The only difference now is their eyes are open. Before, he saw number of beauty, number of glory, number of beautiful woman. But now that he done forbid, took on forbidden fruit, everything looked all crazy. Because he done took on the devil's poison. So their eyes are open and now they're tormented by what they see. Because now they don't like each other no more. They see everything wrong and they magnify it. And when they heard the voice of the Lord of God in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves. This is the other thing about pride. You know what pride? Now you start hiding from the word. God comes to try to check you, clean you up, make you better. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the, in the cool of the day. Here come God. They went hiding. God looking for them. Here they come hiding. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And see what the enemy does when he get caught up in pride. I'm dealing with pride because pride is a main enemy to sin. Because you can't even repent of your sin until you come out of pride. See, pride is normally hindering you because you're too busy trying to say, I ain't really all that bad. You know, I've heard conversations with people in sin, not repent of their sin because they sin and ain't worse than somebody else's sin. Yes, I ain't really as bad as they do. All I do is rob liquor stores. Yeah. <laughs> all I do is do this. No, it's still wrong and you need to repent. Stop justifying yourself. Stop giving yourself an excuse all the time. God, God is merciful to man that he knows we're humanity. He'll forgive us. But you can't come to God and say, God, I've sinned because I'm human. And just back off me. Stop holding me to standards. Back off me, God. Don't even understand. God, you know I'm human. No, that ain't what God asks you for. God asks you to repent of your sins. You don't come to God talking about God, I'm human, telling God something he already know. He made you. That's how, that's how our flesh does. That's how selfishness and pride gets in the way. And here they are in the midst of it, hiding from God. There's something about pride and sin that'll make you think you can hide from God who saw it. That's right. Come on now. He see everything. Come on. I done, I done legalized y'all. I told y'all I know it. 
and the usher taking over my message. Lord Jesus. <laughs> you better preach anyhow. She got fire now. Don't mess with her now. She got fire. I love her. I'm messing with her. I'm telling you, I'm, this enemy will make you magnify your sins and magnify where you are and keep you hiding from God. They hid themselves in the presence of God. They were in the garden of fulfillment, but they got kicked out because they got seduced to walk in pride. The enemy made them feel like they wasn't going to be whole. So he started telling them, you ain't adequate enough. You ain't adequate enough. I'm not. You're not. God's hiding something from you. He is. He is. Oh my God. Because he know the day that you do this, you're going to be really great. Oh. So God's will from my life is less than my will. My will is greater than God's will. That self-ambition will always put you out of the will of God. When you think that your dreams are higher than God's dream for you. When you think you done seen something in life that is so spectacular that it's bigger than what God has for your destiny. And so now you spending your time not spending time with God because you feel like God too slow. You know, that's one of the reasons people don't serve God. You know that? They don't like to be processed. They don't like to wait on the Lord. How many know the Lord will make you wait? How many know the Lord will make you wait? Oh, he'll make you wait. Oh yeah, he'll test you. You'll get up and say, Lord, I love you. God said, we're going to see tomorrow. God, I'll serve you. We're going to see you in two days. Yeah, God will prove you and God will test you. And I want you to understand that God is even testing Adam and Eve in this situation here. He's testing them. I'm about to end right here. I've got a whole other chapter. I'm going to do that later. Y'all promise to come back. I'll give you the rest of it. The devil will talk you out of your success. I want you to hear about pride. The devil will talk you out of your success through pride. The serpent, what he detected in conversation with Eve is self-ambition. It's a reliance on the self versus a reliance on God. It was pride that surfaced. And the serpent manipulated and seduced her through pride. And we know when pride comes, pride will bring disgrace. Pride comes before a fall. You ain't got to wonder if somebody going to fall. If you feel them and see them in pride and they don't change, you can already consider yourself a prophet. The Bible say pride comes before fall. You can already, it's coming. It's coming because they're walking in pride. Pride causes you not to see your help, see your resources, see where you need to be. And the enemy got them kicked out of a plush garden. Over Listen why they got kicked out. Over what they could not do. There are some things God has told us not to do. And you tell me you're going to get kicked out of the greatest destiny of your life for the things he's told us not to do. The enemy came and magnified and told them what they can't do and all that. And all the other things. Now, the Garden of Eden was plush. They had provision all around them. Matter of fact, God didn't even bring Adam and Eve into a chaotic world. For six days, he got the world in order. Then on, on, on five days and on the sixth day, he made man and put them in an organized environment. Everything was blessed around them. And the enemy talked them out of their blessing. 
I'm telling you, the enemy will come and try to make you do what you ain't supposed to do. God's going to bless your life. God's going to turn these things around. God's going to take you places. And the enemy is tempting you with what you ain't supposed to be doing. Pride will bring you low. Pride will strip you naked. Pride will make, uh, make you haughty, make you arrogant. And when you fall, it's a disgrace. But the fear of the Lord brings the wisdom of God. Pride and arrogance is a way to evil. And it brings you into perverted speech. You talk crazy when you get full of pride. The Bible says that God opposes the proud. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. All right. So everyone who has an arrogant heart, that's an abomination to the Lord. You can be assured of yourself if you're walking in pride, that's an abomination to the Lord. If you're going to not listen to God, if you're going to be a person who can't follow instructions through pride, I'm telling you, pride is a, a big enemy. Pride is normally, I don't care what a person's falls or shortcomings or sins are, normally pride is the one holding the door. I don't care what a person's shortcomings or sins are, normally it's pride that holds the door. Because as soon as they can be humble and start admitting and confessing where they are, normally the breakthrough will come. But pride will guard the door. Devil done told you up. And you sitting there stirring up talking about, I'm fine. Pride. Enemy done ripped you, ripped you to pieces. You losing everything that come your way. And you still talking about, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. Pride. I'm telling you, this enemy of pride is another enemy. We got to tear it down. And I'm going to teach you later on, and you're going to tear it down with the sword. I'm going to talk about the word of God. We're going to talk about the sword. And I'm finished for today. Will you stand on your feet and lift your hands? We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.